Welcome to Nigerian American. My name is LD. This is my podcast. Okay, so I'm finally caught up with replying to every single podcast email. It took many hours to complete, but I gotta tell you, it was very fulfilling. The many kind words of encouragement from my wonderful listeners is what will guarantee the improved cadence of this podcast. Uh, Thank you so much to everyone who takes time out to write me after each episode. You guys are the best and you are sincerely appreciated. Speaking of emails, one of the emails I received was from a gentleman named Frank. Frank said he deduced from listening to the podcast that I must be an avid reader and that it would be nice if I recommend books to my listeners on the podcast. Um, First of all, yes, I do read a lot. And I also agree that it would be very useful to share some of the books that I've read or I'm currently reading. In episode 12, I mentioned Yuval Noah Harari and his book Sapiens. The topic of that episode was loosely based on a concept that became much clearer to me after reading Yuval's book on the evolution of human beings. It also got me following like-minded philosophers and thinkers to gain you know, better perspective on the history of humanity and the emergence of large-scale cooperation systems. Like I said on that episode of the podcast, it is a book that I highly recommend. Again, the title is Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, and it's written by Yuval Noah Harari. Another book that I highly recommend is by an author named Rolf DeBelli. It's a nonfiction book titled The Art of Thinking Clearly. In the book, the author describes in short chapters some of the most common thinking errors, ranging from cognitive biases to elements like envy and social distortions. That book changed my life. In fact, uh, my producer and I have decided to do a mini podcast series on cognitive biases and some of the ideas shared by Rolf DeBelli in that book. I may not release the episodes of the miniseries back to back, but I'll try to discuss the most common biases this season. This episode will be the kickoff episode of my Cognitive Bias series. First of all, what is cognitive bias? Cognitive bias is a systematic error in thinking that affects the decisions and judgments that people make. The human brain is really powerful, but it has its limitations. In episode 8, I discussed a little about how the human brain works. The brain is a complex system that is constantly accepting and processing a flood of information about the world around you. The information gathered is through your senses, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, and touching. Your brain also coordinates and regulates other things like control your body temperature, your blood pressure, your heart rate, breathing, walking, talking, dancing, and so on. Along with your spinal cord and peripheral nerves, your brain is part of a complex, integrated information processing and control system that is known as the central nervous system. I want to focus on information processing. When your brain receives information, it stores it and then decides what to do with the information received. Next time your brain comes across information that it may have received before, it doesn't go through the storage process all over again. It basically recalls its reaction from memory and decides what to do. If additional information is included, 
It may add to its existing storage, but that makes decision-making slower. The need to process information quickly makes your brain a pattern-seeking engine. Familiar patterns get familiar reactions, and unknown patterns go through the process of storage before decision-making. Most times, all your brain needs is a small piece of previously processed information for it to make a decision. There's no need to recreate the entire experience for a reaction to be prompted. An example is the reaction of a toddler to fire. It usually looks like a colorful ball of fun until the first burn. After that, the brain recognizes it as a potentially harmful experience and the toddler knows not to touch the flame in the future. After the first burn, even if the flame is all the way across the room, the toddler stays far away from it once it recognizes it. This is how human brains have developed over time, improving our decision making, decisions that help with quick reactions that are sometimes a matter of life or death. Cognitive biases are a result of your brain's attempts to easily and quickly simplify information processing and decision making. They are rules of thumb that your brain establishes in order to help you make sense of the world and reach decisions with relative speed. Some cognitive biases are related to memory. The way you experience or remember an event may be biased for a number of reasons, and that in turn can lead to biased thinking and decision-making. For example, if you travel to Toronto in the summer and only experience temperatures of up to 85 degrees Fahrenheit during your entire visit, your memories of Toronto may be influenced by that experience as compared to someone who visits Toronto in the coldest months of winter. Other cognitive biases may be related to problems of attention. Attention is a limited resource and people have to be selective about what they actually pay attention to in the world around them. Because of this, subtle biases may creep in and influence the way you see and think about the world around you. When you're making judgments and decisions about the world around you, you like to think that you're objective, logical, and capable of taking in and evaluating all the information that is available to you. Unfortunately, these biases sometimes trip us up, leading to poor decisions and bad judgments. Again, if you had to think about every possible option when making a decision, it would probably take a whole lot of time to make even the simplest of choices. The world around you is very complex and the amount of information in your immediate environment can be overwhelming. So it is necessary for your brain to rely on shortcuts that allow you to act quickly. Cognitive biases can be caused by a number of different things, but the mental shortcuts play a major contributing role. This is not to suggest that cognitive biases are necessarily always bad. Psychologists believe that many of these biases serve an adaptive purpose, allowing us to reach decisions quickly. This can be vital if you're facing a dangerous or threatening situation. For example, if you're in the forest and you see people running, a cognitive bias might lead you to assume that a predator is chasing them. They could just be racing one another but relying on mental shortcuts can often get you out of the way of danger in situations where a decision needs to be made and made very quickly. Waiting to process all the information that's available before taking off as well might result in you being the predator's dinner. However, 
While cognitive biases can be surprisingly very accurate, quite often they lead to irrationality or thinking errors. There's a long list of identified cognitive biases that distort our thinking, influence the things that we believe in, and generally sway the decisions and judgments we make every day. We like to think as humans that we are rational and logical, but the sad fact is that we are constantly under the influence of cognitive biases. Sometimes the biases are fairly obvious and you may even recognize them. Others are so subtle that you almost never even know that they're there. The reality is that cognitive biases have a powerful influence on how you think, how you feel, and how you behave in general. The goal of my cognitive bias series is not to provide you with a how-to guide, but to highlight some errors in judgment that occur daily. I'm not a social scientist and definitely not an authority of behavioral sciences. I'm simply looking to share some of what I've learned from reading on this topic to my podcast audience. My wish is that after listening to my mini series and maybe even reading Rolf Dobelli's book, you'll learn to recognize and try as much as possible to evade the biggest errors in thinking that may lead to less irrationality and hopefully more prosperity. We'll be back after a quick break. We'll be right back. Before we begin, we must first acknowledge that it is almost impossible to rid ourselves of cognitive errors completely. We must also recognize that not all cognitive errors are bad. Some are even necessary for one to enjoy life. However, a lot of self-induced unhappiness is a direct result of these cognitive errors and learning to reduce them in our lives is worth the effort. Some cognitive biases include the confirmation bias, the optimism bias, the hindsight bias, the anchoring bias, the misinformation effect, the halo effect, the false consensus effect, the self-serving bias, and many more. Rolf Dobelli actually lists 99 of such biases in his book. In this episode, and as a part of my cognitive bias mini-series, I plan to discuss a couple of the biases. The first one on my list is the confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is a tendency to search for or only interpret information in a way that confirms one's own pre-existent beliefs or hypotheses. Most humans tend to dismiss any evidence that doesn't confirm our existing beliefs. If we even come across evidence that doesn't support our viewpoints or confirm our views, we simply ignore it. The logical truth is that every idea has its fair share of pros and cons. However, Unknowingly, the human mind tries to search for information that affirms to one's beliefs. We all wish to defend our decisions, and we do so by giving justifications. In order to justify those decisions, we search for evidence to support it. If we come across any evidence that is contrary to our decision, we simply ignore it. Confirmation bias doesn't only influence how people gather information. It also influences how they recall and interpret it. The negative consequence of the confirmation bias is that it leads us to poor judgment and bad decisions. It limits our ability to accept new things easily and makes us irrationally prejudiced towards change. For example, 
You're a pop artist and you've just recorded what you consider to be a masterpiece. To you, this is going to be the most successful song of your career in terms of public acceptance, so you call your manager to listen to it. After listening, your manager is not as convinced and requests that you guys bring in a random selection of 10 people from your target audience to listen to and rate the song. After playing the song to all 10 of them, 8 of them think your song is terrible and 2 of them think the song is great. The data in this case suggests that it may not be a good idea to make this song the lead single for your upcoming album, but because you're personally convinced that it is a good song, you insist. Focus in on the 2 positive comments and disregarding the 8 bad ones. What you are doing is placing greater importance on the evidence that supports what you already believe and disregarding the evidence that doesn't. You are a victim of confirmation bias. You may even try to repeat the listening exercise many times over with many other sets of listeners, hoping the results may be different and seeking a confirmation of your belief in the song, rather than accepting the results of the data before you and making an informed decision based on such data. Another example is the debate over gun control in the US. Julie, for example, is in support of gun control. To justify her beliefs, she seeks out news stories and opinion pieces that reaffirm the need for limitations on gun ownership. When she hears stories about shootings in the media, she interprets them in a way that supports her existing beliefs. Peter, on the other hand, is adamantly opposed to gun control. He seeks out news sources that are aligned with his position. When he comes across news stories about shootings, he interprets them in a way that supports his current point of view. These two people have very different opinions on the same subject and their interpretations are based on that. Even if they read the same story, their bias tends to shape the way they perceive it because it confirms their beliefs. Julie may want restrictions on gun ownership because she believes it will reduce the shootings. But Peter, on the other hand, may believe that the shootings actually make a case for why everyone ought to own a gun for protection. Here's another example. During election season, people seek out information that paints their favorite candidates in good light and disregard all negative information. Same people will also look for information that casts the opposing candidates in a negative light and disregard the good ones in order to justify their preference. By not seeking out objective facts and by interpreting information in a way that only supports your existing beliefs and only focusing on details that uphold those beliefs, you often miss important information that can help you make a better decision. Confirmation bias also helps form and reconfirm stereotypes that we have about people. Very often when we encounter someone who reconfirms our understanding of a particular stereotype, we might highlight it, but we tend to disagree the times when someone doesn't, even if those times are far more numerous. For example, there's a racial stereotype in America that suggests African Americans are lazy. People who believe the stereotype come across hardworking African Americans every day and don't acknowledge it. 
but are very quick to highlight the one lazy black guy they know. Another stereotype is that black people commit lots of crimes. Many Americans hear about the police shootings of unarmed black males, but generally assume that the police must be in the right because they have internalized a fear of black males and they assume that black males are usually up to no good. A Harvard sociologist, Charles Ogletree, once pointed this out, and I quote, 99% of black people don't commit crimes, yet we see the images of black people day in, day out, and the impression is that they're all committing crimes, end of quote. These images reconfirm stereotypes and reinforce the confirmation bias that other races have about black people in America. In general, confirmation bias causes us to ignore information that disputes our expectations. We are more likely to remember and repeat stereotype consistent information and to forget or ignore stereotype inconsistent information. This is one of the ways stereotypes are maintained, even in the face of disconfirming evidence. If you learn, for example, that your new Asian friend is terrible at math, you're less likely to remember this new stereotype inconsistent information. In the case of religion, we tend to accept preconceived notions without asking any questions or applying any logic. The confirmation bias may be at its strongest here. We usually challenge science and look for evidence before accepting anything it proclaims as truth, but our brains don't even allow us tolerate the idea that our faith may be based on old and inconsistent fairy tales. In finance, because of the confirmation bias, investors tend to be overconfident ignoring evidence that suggests their strategies are not wise. Because of this, many people end up losing money. Warren Buffett, arguably the most successful investor in history, is very aware of this bias and has suggested that he owes much of his success to his ability to make investment decisions without being influenced by the combination of emotional factors and subconscious biases that govern most human behavior. He avoids the confirmation bias and other cognitive biases as much as possible. In media, just like any form of storytelling, if you're really paying attention, you'll notice that the media usually tries to influence our minds by giving powerful and strong points to us in order to help us formulate an opinion. Any other evidence that might go against their narrative is usually undermined or not properly reported. If you watch a lot of news, the bombardment of such strong opinions may ultimately make one prejudiced. Accepting the report of news channels without challenging the authenticity of the information and actively seeking alternative perspectives on the issue is the easiest way to get indoctrinated. Once you form the opinions they need you to, the confirmation bias you have acquired helps you remain in that state of mind and with those beliefs, even when you come across contradicting evidence or information. Scientists are supposed to test their hypothesis by trying to prove it wrong. This is supposed to help in establishing the validity of the inference they've drawn. However, 
due to confirmation bias. Instead of criticizing theory, the scientist usually tries to find results that agree with his or her conclusions. Because of this, many results that are drawn, tested, and confirmed are later proven to be indeed inaccurate. Because of the confirmation bias, we are way more inclined to listen to people we agree with than the people we don't agree with. The confirmation bias distorts how we look at situations, how we perceive events, and how we interpret what other people say and do. We almost always do so according to our own set of past experiences, culture, faith, or values, all of which help us form our beliefs about ourselves, about others, and about the world in general. The meaning we give to events and the way we make sense of the world around us is based upon our set of core beliefs. Like I said earlier, our minds are constantly trying to make sense of our world, forming judgments and opinions about every situation, event, and interaction. Those judgments and opinions will be affected by our central or core belief system. It is as though we're looking at the world through distorted or colored lenses, and everyone, based on their life experiences, has their own customized set of core beliefs. The core belief system of humans comprises of three things. How I think about myself, how I think about others, and how I think about the world. Like I said earlier, and like I always say, we are all a product of our experiences, and our core belief system is formed and influenced by past experiences. For example, a child that was bullied a lot by other children tends to imagine that the world is a dangerous place, and that he is not loved, and he is likely to try to please other people so that they will like him and not hurt him. He sees challenging situations as threatening and dangerous and interprets others' words and reactions as critical or threatening. When such a kid becomes an adult, he'll likely be passive, he'll go along with what others want, he'll tend to avoid eye contact, he'll usually be anxious, maybe even depressed, and is likely to have low self-esteem. For a child like this, even situations in which other kids that are present find enjoyable and relaxing, he will experience it very differently. A look, word, or gesture intended to be friendly and kind may be interpreted as, they don't mean that. They're only trying to be kind to me because they pity me. Or even, they mean to hurt me. Their mind is interpreting the situation with the bias of, I'm vulnerable, others might hurt me. This is dangerous. I'm useless and I'm maybe unlovable. The mind will work to make any contrary information fit within those beliefs. Where other kids may think, that person looked at me, this kid will interpret that same experience as, that person gave me a funny look, confirming his core belief that others dislike and always mean to hurt him. The confirmation bias affects you in three ways. One is how you seek information. Two is how you interpret the information. And three is how you remember things. 
Let's talk about how you seek information. Confirmation bias affects how you look at the world around you. When you're alone at home feeling lousy, you immediately jump onto Facebook or Instagram. You look at the pictures of people traveling, partying, getting married, and think everyone I know is living a great life. You say to yourself, I'm such a lonely loser. So you sit at home and feel even crappier. All because you chose to seek information that confirms your crummy feelings. You knew looking at those photos would make you feel worse, but you went and looked at them anyway. Now, let's talk about how you interpret information in front of you. Confirmation bias also affects how you process what is otherwise neutral information, and it tends to favor your beliefs. When you're falling in love, all you see in your partner is a beautiful, perfect person. You don't notice flaws. When that relationship turns sour, however, all of a sudden, all you see are the flaws of your partner. You perceive the things other people say and do differently based on how you feel about them. You're dating the exact same person. Nothing has changed about them really, but you perceive the things they do differently based on how you feel. Now, let's talk about how you remember things. Your memories are affected by confirmation bias. You interpret and possibly even change memories and facts in your head based on your beliefs. In a classic experiment, Manchester United and Liverpool FC fans were shown a football game between the two clubs. At the end, Manchester United fans remembered more fouls committed by Liverpool and Liverpool fans remembered more fouls committed by Manchester United. Both groups of fans fundamentally believed their team was better so they tended to remember and recall more instances that showed their team in a good light and the opposing team in a bad light. You know, unfortunately, we all have confirmation bias. Our brains are pre-programmed to prefer things that align with our preconceived notions. Even if you believe you're very open-minded and only observe the facts before coming to conclusions, it's very likely that some bias will shape your opinion in the end. However, if we are aware of the confirmation bias and accept the fact that it does exist, we can make attempts to recognize it and maybe prevent it from causing us to make poor decisions. Acknowledging the existence of the confirmation bias may encourage us to see things from other perspectives before jumping into our usual conclusions. Here are some of the ways to avoid the negative effects of confirmation bias. One, be receptive and open to criticism. At the first sign of criticism and before you do anything, stop. Try as much as you can not to react in the moment. When you come across information that criticizes your beliefs or opinions, you should practice giving your brain ample time to process the information. Your biases will attempt to lead you to react, but you're better off listening, making a note of what is being said and understanding why it is being said. It can be very challenging to receive criticism and to not immediately react. But always remember this, accurate 
and constructive feedback comes from even flawed sources. Allow the person to share their complete thoughts without interruption. When they're done, repeat back what you heard to be sure that other biases have not led you to hear it differently and make a note of it. Try as much as you can to avoid analyzing or questioning the person's assessment. Instead, just focus on understanding his or her comments and perspective. Also, remember that you don't have to respond to criticism in the moment. You should indeed take your time to process the feedback. Avoid engaging in debates. Instead, ask questions for clarity. The general rule is to talk less and listen more. Number two, challenge your thoughts. This is self-explanatory. You should regularly make out time to reflect on your beliefs and opinions. Recognizing that we are all a product of our experiences is the first step to acknowledging that our opinions are based primarily on what we have had the privilege of experiencing or learning. Constantly remind yourself that your opinions may not necessarily be facts and could indeed be wrong because of a lack of a different perspective. When you hear things that don't align with your beliefs or opinions, consider them carefully before dismissing them. Number three, ask for opinions from outside and collect information from diverse backgrounds. When there's a traffic accident, police usually ask for witnesses to come forward and describe what happened. They like to have as many witness statements as possible so that they can build up enough evidence to give them a broader, more realistic version of events. Recognize that the more information and perspectives you have about a particular topic, the better your judgment may be. Every topic has various perspectives that one should consider before forming an opinion. And the more diverse the perspectives are, the more likely you'll be to consider all sides. For example, listen to the accounts of both parties in a conflict before forming your opinions. History is usually told by the victors or the party with the widest media reach. That does not mean the recorded accounts are accurate. Also, a lot of times, when you hear cries of conspiracy theories from one party, you should pay attention. It could be that such a party is trying to prevent you from listening to a different perspective on the issue. Listen to every account before forming your opinion. Number four, try to think about every issue from different perspectives. This is particularly difficult, but try as much as possible to catch yourself whenever you find yourself prejudging a situation based on your existing beliefs. Also recognize that the closer you are to a situation, the more likely you are to be affected by the confirmation bias. It is useful sometimes to consider the big picture or how others could view an opinion or belief. When something is distressing us, we're so close to it. We're emotionally involved with it. We're like a part of it. And that makes it really hard to stand back from what is happening and to be objective in our decision making. Open your mind, 
learn how to think of a few far out alternatives to your opinions and keep an eye out for evidence that supports such perspectives. In conclusion, we must accept that all of us suffer from this cognitive bias. Some negative effects are more costly than others, but attempts at reducing the unhappiness we experience due to the negative consequences of bad judgment and poor decisions makes it worth the effort. I'll discuss other biases in future episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nigerian American. Please feel free to subscribe, leave comments, and share this podcast. You may also reach us by our email, NigerianAmericanPodcast at gmail.com. My name is LD. Thank you.